0: All right, I'm going to preach a sermon now, okay? Um, so we, we are, um, wrapped up a, a sermon series a couple weeks ago, and then Pastor Mark preached last Sunday. Did y'all hear Pastor Mark's sermon last Sunday? Um, yeah, man, I'm going to go back and listen to that. If you haven't listened to that, go online. The second is greater than the first. It was an amazing uh, sermon. Um, so I'm just going to copy it, and I'm just going to preach it again because it was so good. No, no. Um, So he preached that, and then I'm doing a standalone sermon today, and then I'll be doing a standalone sermon next Sunday, and then we launch into a new series. Um, So today I am going to read a very short verse, um, and then I'm going to dive in for just a few minutes on um, a topic that I think is incredibly important and vital for all of us, especially where we are right now um, in the world. So I'm going to read this scripture from Jeremiah. Uh, it's, called, it's from the prophet Jeremiah uh, chapter two, verse 13. And it says this, it says, my people have committed two sins, two sins. They have forsaken me, that's sin number one, the spring of living water. He's saying I'm a spring of living water and they've forsaken me. And number two is they've dug their own wells. They've dug their own cisterns. And those cisterns are broken cisterns that cannot hold water. I'm just going to preach for a few minutes today on the topic, running on empty, running on empty. Let's take a moment. Let's bow our hearts and uh, bow our heads and let's pray. Heavenly father, we come before you grateful for who you are grateful for the opportunity to serve you grateful for the opportunity to worship you grateful Lord for the opportunity to gather together, um, with your people and, um, bow our knees and bow our hearts before you. We ask, oh God, that today um, we would be receptive to receive your word. We pray that our hearts would be open and that your word would drop like a a good seed in good soil, and that it would produce uh, a good harvest in our hearts and in our lives for our friends, for our families, uh, and for all of those who do not know you yet. Uh, We thank you for every follower of Jesus in this house. We thank you for everyone who is not yet a follower of Jesus. We thank you for everyone who is considering the faith. We thank you for everyone who is cynical and skeptical. We thank you for everyone who is here just checking it out. Uh, And I just ask, Lord God, that you would speak to all of us. We thank you and we praise you for this. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So several years ago, I took uh, my family on vacation to Michigan, Michigan we were, the plan was, we were all going to get in the car, um, and, and we were going to go up to, to Michigan to visit my in-laws, who are here, by the way, um, and uh, we were going to go up there, we were going to go to Chicago, spend a little time in Chicago, go to South Harbor, Michigan, which is a little town near one of the lakes, um, maybe Lake Michigan, probably, I'm not sure, but anyway, um, and, then, uh, and then head up to a little island called Mackinac Island. Um, so, so this is us at the beginning of the, of the journey. Okay. So everybody's happy. We're all a little blurry, but everything, everybody's happy and everybody's doing good. Um, we were going to take our bicycles up to Mackinac Island. So we've got all of our bikes on the van there. That's how we roll. We just strap uh, thousands of bicycles to the back of the minivan. And that's what we call vacation in the Rome House. So, um, we're, we're trucking up, uh, to Mackinac Island. Okay. You can take that down. Um, Mackinac Island. We're on our way up, and Michigan is very interesting because there are very populated pockets, but then there are like long stretches where there's nothing. Like I mean, it's just out there, nothing, just fields and grass, and not tumbleweeds, but you know, cows and stuff. I mean, just like it's just a stretch, okay, of nothing. So we're 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 out in that area. We're driving uh, in that area and we're heading up to Mackinac Island and we're having fun in the car. You know, we're talking and we're singing songs and I'm telling dad jokes and it's just, it's a good time. We're having a good time. We just kind of cut loose. And one of the things that I do on vacation is I just kind of like, just sort of blank out on everything. Like I just don't care about hardly anything when I'm on vacation. I'm just in a different mindset. I'm in a different zone. So we're just flying up the road and we're having fun. And then something happened that made my stomach just go oof. The gas pedal just went soft under my foot. It just went, I don't know if you've ever had that experience where it's like, that's what happened. My wife looks at me and she goes, is everything okay? And I'm like, I don't want to tell her. You know, if there was a way, if we were going downhill, I could have waited to tell her, but we were going uphill. So I said, yeah, we're, we're out of gas. We're out of gas. Now, this is a sweltering hot day in July. We got a two-year-old, four-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old in the car. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. And there's no reception on our phones. So we are literally out in nowhere and nothing to do. And don't know how I'm going to get us out of this situation. So we start to pull over to the side of the road. Now to make matters worse, two, two problems. One is, this isn't the first time this has happened. Only on vacation, though. But it's, you know, so that, and then, then what makes it even worse than that is that about, about 100 miles earlier, my wife, Rebecca, had said, hey, you know, we need to make sure and get some gas. And I had said, yeah, 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 <sighs> yeah, I've got this. I'm driving the car, okay? Um, so now we're at the side of the highway, And we don't know how we're even going to get out of the situation. There's no phone reception. There's nowhere we can go. It's sweltering hot outside. There are no really good options. Why? Because our tank was empty. Now, it doesn't matter if you're driving a Pinto or if you're driving a Rolls Royce. It can be made well. It can be manufactured well. It can be very expensive. But if it doesn't have gas, it won't run. And the reason we ran out of gas is not because I'm a mean dad or a malicious person. I didn't do it on purpose, believe me. It's because I got distracted by other things and I didn't pay attention to the gauge and I allowed the gas to run out. So the question that I have for you today is how full is your spiritual tank? How full is your spirit with the things of God? Because I don't know about you, but I can say about me, there are times in my life where I just get spiritually depleted. I start running low on spiritual fuel. And before I know it, I'm sputtering to get up a hill. I'm facing a challenge in life or a circumstance in life and I haven't been filling the tank. And now I'm struggling to get up the hill. I'm going to draw you an illustration of it. I'm going to call this our spiritual tank. All of us have a spiritual tank that has to remain full if we are going to live a full life in the way that God wants us to live, right? And it doesn't matter how good we look. It doesn't matter how well we are made. If our tank gets empty, we will not be able to function as followers of Jesus. We will not be able to live the life that we are called to live. We will not be able to have the kinds of relationships that we are called to have. We, are not, we will not be able to fulfill the kinds of things that God has called us to fulfill because our tank is empty. Now, I don't know if, if, if this is your experience, but when I first became a Christian, man, my tank was up here. I was just full. How do I know I was full? Because I had love in my heart. I had joy in my heart. I had peace in my heart. I was patient with other people. I was kind to other people. I enjoyed people I enjoyed God I I had a fullness right and you know what that feels like you you you're excited to serve you're excited to read the scripture you're excited to talk about God and fellowship with other people you're excited to go to church you've had this experience right but over time if you're not careful what happens is you start to get depleted spiritually and it's not because you're trying to you're not trying to run out of gas it's just that you haven't been paying attention to the gas gauge Now, I'm I'm just going to speak real talk with you for a moment. The pandemic has depleted some people. It really has. It really has. We have gotten away from some of the things that sustain us, nourish us, and fill us. And we have gotten spiritually dry, some of us. And I'm including myself. We have had moments during the last year and a half where we have gotten depleted we have gotten lower and lower. And, and if you remember what Jeremiah said, he said, the problem is twofold. One is, they're neglecting me as a spring of living water. So they're not drinking in from what I have to offer. That's number one. And then the second one is, he, he said, and number two is, they're building their own wells, which cannot hold water. And so they are getting depleted because they're not filling their spiritual tank. I'm going to call this what we do when our spiritual tank gets empty. I'm going to call this the flesh tank. The flesh tank. The flesh tank is what we try to build when our spiritual tank starts to run low. When we start di- dipping down into E, spiritually, if we're not careful, we can start trying to fill up this tank. The problem is with this tank, there's holes in it, right? So what, what I mean by this is we're trying to pour stuff in here. We're trying to pour things in here that we think will fill us. Okay? And, and they might be okay things, right? You might just be trying to pour work in here. Like I just need to get some more hours in. I just need to get the raise. I actually just need to get to that next level of advancement, and then things will be okay. So I'm and so I'm pouring this into the tank, but it's not fulfilling me, right? For some of us, it might be accolades or praise or we, we, social media is, is the thing that we kind of go to. It's one of the things that I go to, to fill that emptiness, right? Cause it's easy. You just sit down and you just start scrolling, right? If I got a few more likes, if I got a few more retweets, if I got a few more shares, right? And I'm pouring this into the tank. Uh, It may be entertainment for us. And these are all fine things, right? But I might be trying to fill up. I might be trying to refill with some Amazon Prime videos or some Netflix or some Hulu. And I'm just, and before I know it, this is getting lower. And the more I pour in here, I just keep finding myself emptier and emptier. How do I know that I'm spiritually empty? Because I'm not experiencing love. I'm not being loving to people. I'm not being kind and generous to people. I'm irritable. I'm upset easily. I'm easily angered. I'm, right? I'm not experiencing joy. I'm not talking about me personally right now. This is not like a confession. I'm just talking about us, okay? I just want to be clear on that. Somebody could just take that clip and go, man, this pastor is in bad shape. Um, no, but true. Sometimes it, sometimes it is true of me. So we're not experiencing joy. This is how we know. Like if, we're, if, we're, if we are consistently just irritable and just unhappy and unkind, our spiritual tank is low. And we've probably been trying to fill it with this. We're not experiencing f- peace right? We're not, we're not, we're experiencing anxiety and worry and fear. And we're just constant. And that's how we know that our spiritual tank is empty. Well, what I want to do today is I want to be the gas gauge. I want to be the little light that goes bing on the, on your gas gauge, on your car that says, hey, let's just take a moment and check our spiritual tank. Is that all right this morning, somebody? Is it all right if we just take a moment and go, hey, wait, I just want to gauge where I am spiritually right now. Individually, personally, because we've been through stuff. We've experienced a lot. And like I said, some of this stuff is good. I can tell you when I get low spiritually, when things are going really good, but there's a lot of it. And that's the case right now in my life. There's a lot of stuff happening and it's all 99% good, but there's just a lot of it. And so what can happen is you get distracted and your gauge goes down. So, the question that, that I have and the question that I want to convey to you this morning is how do I fill that tank? How can I fill that tank? And what I want to do for just the next few minutes, this is going to be super practical. I want to give you three basic core principles from the scripture about how to refresh and refill your spiritual tank. Is that all right this morning? Does anybody, does anybody besides me need their tank refilled? Right? Does anybody else? Yeah, okay, good. Um that's actually one of the reasons we come to church by the way, right? So the fact that you're here tells me there's something in your heart or mind that you know you need to fill up with the Spirit, okay? So how do we fill our spiritual tank? I'm going to give you three and the first one is described in a very um, famous passage, Psalm 23 and I'm just going to read the first three verses. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's old way, old English way of saying, I've got everything I need. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd. I got everything I need. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. I'm gonna read that one more time. The Lord is my what? Shepherd. I got everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. I'm thirsty. I need something to drink. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. First principle I want you to grasp today and draw into your life is this We are filled when we linger in His presence. We are filled when we linger in His presence. I have a, a, a French bulldog, his name's Cassius, he's so sweet. And um, he loves me, it's just crazy because I'm not really a dog person. If he really knew that I don't really think about him that much or that I even said this about him today in this sermon, it would really hurt his feelings because he just really likes me. But I think part of why he likes me is because I do a lot of the cooking in our house and he knows that if he hangs around me, good things happen for him, they really do. So like yesterday, for instance, I was in the kitchen and I was cooking and I was making some salmon, some salmon fillets in the kitchen. Well, when I make salmon fillets, then he really, really likes me because he knows that salmon's got skin on the back and that I don't eat the skin. And then I go, what should I do with the skin? And that's when he looks at me like this and he says, I'll show you what to do with the skin. I got some ideas about the skin. (laughs) You would so give him a piece of salmon skin if he did that to you. That's him, that's my point of view, that's my angle. When I'm, I'm just like looking at him like this, right? He, here's what he knows. Um, okay, yeah, thank you. Um, nobody would act, listen to anything I said for the next 10 minutes. Um, he, he, here's what he knows. He knows that if he just hangs around me, that I'm gonna take care of him, that he's gonna be filled. If he lingers in my presence, then he's gonna be taken care of. And I, I, I like him a lot. I do. I do. But God loves us a lot more, I'll tell you, than I like my dog, okay? And so when we linger in God's presence, like a good shepherd, like a sheep, it says, he, he said, look, I'm going to lead you beside the still waters. I'm going to make you lie. He said, not just lead you by, I'm going to have you stretch out by the still waters. I'm going to lead you into the green pasture. So that if you need something to drink, I'm going to put you in a place where you can drink. If you need something to eat, I'm going to make sure you've got a place To eat because I care about you and I want to nourish you. And so the way that I'm going to nourish you is when you just come and hang around with me for a minute. So let me, let me show you the very complex way of doing that. Okay. Let me just show you brother. Can you hand me a Marlon? Can you hand me that chair for just a second? Yeah. I'm just going to use this for just a second. Thank you. Here's how we linger in God's presence. It's really tricky, but I'm going to show you. Okay. That's it, right? You could just sit here and just say, Lord, I just, I just wanna be around you. I just wanna thank you for who you are. I'm just so grateful for your blessings to me. Thank you. I just love you and forgive me of my sins. I just, I'm glad to be with you and let I me mean, just spend some time with you today. You know, a teabag doesn't do a lot of work when it's sitting in the teacup. It just sits there and soaks it in. It just sits there and soaks it in. You may want to even grab uh, dust off that leather-bound book that you got on a shelf somewhere. Crack that bad boy open and just soak it in a little bit, right? Or you can even do it on your phone, all right? Just stay off the, just stay off the socials for a minute. Just for a minute. Um, on, our, on our website, we've got a whole page of resources. It's got scripture, video scriptures. Uh, right now, media, 17,000-something videos that are all about you know they're all from the scripture it's all you know we've got a um i use well, i use an app called olive tree bible app i love it because i'm an auditory learner i just put it on and this guy he reads the scripture for me so and i just listen to it in my earbuds and i just soak in god's word and when i do that i am filled and when i don't do that i am depleted the scripture says spend time with god Get in his word. Spend some time in prayer. It doesn't have to be highly formal. It doesn't have to be ritualized. It doesn't have, it's just you lingering in the presence of the one who loves you. It's you sitting on the kitchen floor at looking up at your father and say, can I have a piece of that uh, spiritual salmon skin? Can I just get a little nibble off of what you have? Just spend time with him and he will feed you. He will take care of you. He will look after you. That's the first principle. That's how we start to fill up spiritually. Thank you, Marla. That's how we start to fill up spiritually. The second principle, I told you it's going to be simple and clean, is is uh, comes from uh, Psalm 42. Listen to this one. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you. Notice the metaphor again. I'm thirsty. I'm depleted. My soul is thirsty. And I long for you. My soul longs for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God, not dry religion, not, not, you know, saltine cracker religion. We want the rich and living God that will fill us. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When, when can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food all day and all night. This is somebody who is spiritually depleted. David is broke down here. My, my food, uh, my tears have been my food day and night. Why people say to me all day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul listen to this. This is what I remember. This is this is what I remember about being spiritually full. Ready? How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one. How I used to go there with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. Here's your second principle. We are filled when we worship with his people. When we linger in his presence alone we are filled. When we worship with his people, we are filled. How many of you are more filled right now than you've been all week? I am. I'm more filled right now. This is, I'm at the highest level of spiritual fulfillment as I've been all week because I'm with you and I love you and I love God and I love worshiping God with you. And this makes me, this fills me up. This makes me feel, you can't be filled by yourself. Sometimes you need other people to help fill you up. Sometimes you need other people, men and women of God, who can help fill you up spiritually. When we ran out of gas on that hill in Michigan, without internet, without phone reception, with a two-year-old, four-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old in the car in July, sweltering hot, I had to figure out something to do. I had to figure out a way to get us out of this mess. And we're sitting there on the highway, and I look across a field, And across the field are these little, little broken down houses. And I'm like, huh? Like, really, what's our other option? We're going to like hitchhike? I don't think so. Two-year-olds, you know. So, so I go, okay, family, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get out of this car. We're going to climb that barbed wire fence. We're going to walk across that field and we're going to go to that house over there. Okay. Believe me. I was not in a popular spot in the family unit at that point, right? So I had to put a little bass in my voice and go, no, this is what we're doing, right? Uh, (laughs) And there were no other options, so that was good. So we, we, we start going across the field. You know, we're throwing children over barbed wire fences. Rebecca's climbing under. I'm trying to, you know high jump over in a weird way. So we end up getting over the fence. We're walking towards and we start walking toward this house. Now I'm just going to be real with you. Okay. I did not know what to expect from this house because I'm going to tell you there were real cars on real cinder blocks in the front yard of this house for real people. I feel like I remember like a three-legged blind dog running around the yard, something. I just, the house was all right. You could see through the window. It looked like children running around with, you know, mud on them and diapers and stuff. And I, and you know, I don't know what to expect. I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. I'm not from there. So I don't know. How's this going to flow? Me and a whole bunch of kids and my wife walking up. So anyway, we get to the front yard and I'm sitting there going, is this a good idea actually? Um, and this guy comes out and two things I noticed about him first, no, no shoes, no shirt, no shoes, no shirt. Um, but he did have a smile on his face. And I thought, okay, that's good. Good sign. I don't even wor- I'm not even worried about your bare chest right now, man. Just, you know, you're not, you don't, you don't have a shotgun in your hand right now. So I feel pretty good. And he said four words. I remember he said, can I help you? Now that can go two different ways. You know, it could either be sincere, like I want to help you. And how can I help you? Or it could be get off my lawn. And just, but it says it in a different way. He says, can I help you? So I went with the former and I was like, yeah, you know, we ran out of gas on the highway, and we're, you know, stuck. And I guess that's all. We're stuck here, and so we're coming to your house. And, um, and you know what? He says this. I love this. He goes, let me fetch my keys. And he actually said fetch. And I was like, dude, I already like this guy. Let me fetch my keys. He runs and fetches his keys. He puts me in his pickup truck. I'm like, babe, you and the kids, just good luck. Watch out for the dog. And, um, I get in the pickup truck and we go about 25 minutes back to the gas station. Then we go another 25 minutes, you know, after we fill up a little can and we pour it in the car and then we drive all the way back around and we come get the family. And it's just like, okay, can we pay you? Can we, he's like, y'all get out of here now. Off you go. You know? And I'm like, okay. And off we went. Why do I tell you that story? I tell you that story to tell you that sometimes you need other people to help fill your tank. Now, let me tell you, the people that you are looking at that are going to help you fill the tank, you might be a little suspicious of them, right? You might go, hmm, mm, I don't know. I don't know them, right? But, But you can't fill the tank by yourself. God uses a body to work together, everybody different, everybody looking different, different gifts, different skills, different abilities, different powers, different strengths, and and that's how we serve one another. That's how we grow together. We, we, we are, we are launching, as I told you, life groups today. That's where we grow together. Now, I will tell you this. In almost every life group that I know, they actually wear shirts and often shoes. So, 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 so you don't have to worry about that. But I do want to encourage you in this way. I want to tell you, take the risk of relationship. Take the risk of relationship. You need relationship. You need relationship with other people who are going after God. You need that. And what you're going to find is that that f- nine times out of 10, that first flush of like hmm, that uncomfortable, I don't know about this person kind of thing is going to wear down because you're going to see their soul and their soul is going to say, hey, how can I help you? How can I serve you? How can I I be a part of helping you grow? And what happens is then you start to help them grow. And you know what? It actually fills you up to help somebody else grow. And it fills them up to help you grow. And before you know it, y'all are filling each other up spiritually because you're coming together to serve one another and to grow together. Next Sunday. Next Sunday is our 10-year anniversary, as I, as I mentioned, and we are going to come here, and we're going to worship together at the Shaw campus and at the, at, at the U City campus. And if you are able to make it, I just want to encourage you, come out. Let's come together. Let's be the church. Let's be the body. Coming together, serving one another, loving each other, caring for one another so that we can all be filled with the Spirit. Is is, is do I get an amen on that? Are we good with that? All right, all right. And then I'm going to give you this last one. And this is the very last one. And you can come help me, um, Rebecca, with closing on this one. This is my favorite one. This is the best one. John 7. John 7, 37 through 39. Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, if anybody thirsts, if anybody's thirsty, if anybody's tank is low, if anybody has been trying to fill your life, With stuff that doesn't fill you up. And you found that you are depleted right now. If anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Let me pause here. Because he's not saying you're just going to get... He's not saying... You're just going to get filled up. He's not, this is not the, this is not the metaphor he's, he's using. He's saying you're going to be so filled up that you're going to be running over. Right? Okay, wait. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him, that's you, if you're a follower of Jesus, would receive. Last point. We are filled when we drink deeply from His Spirit. I want to tell you the one thing that will fill you up more than anything else. And what I love about it is this. What I love about it is it's not something you do, it's something He does. The other ones are, yes, come together, spend time in His presence. Those are right. Linger in His presence, worship together, yes. But this is something that He does. He fills you up with His Spirit. What do you do? You receive it. That's it. You open your heart and say, I receive your spirit. I receive what you have for me. There's a great story, a very famous story about Jesus going up to Galilee. His, his ministry was at the height that it had ever been. He was more popular than he'd ever been. Scripture says that he was—he started baptizing more people than John the Baptist. John, John the Baptist, y'all don't know this, was a rock star in the first century with his locust-eating, camel-wearing attitude. People loved him, and he was baptizing people. And then it said Jesus, Jesus' people were baptizing more than John the Baptist. He was at the height of his fame, but you know what? He was tired. Even Jesus got spiritually depleted. Did you know that? He got tired. He got low sometimes. So he decides to go up to Galilee. And then the scripture says something really interesting. It says he had to go through Samaria to go up to Galilee. Well, that's an interesting word choice because Jesus actually didn't have to. You don't have to go through Samaria to get to Galilee. You can go around Samaria to get to Galilee. A lot of people in the first century would do that because they didn't want to go through Samaria because they didn't like the folks that lived there. But it said he had to. Why did he have to? Why did he have to do that? Well, we find out because he goes and he's tired and he sits down at a well in Samaria. And the disciples, he says, guys, you know, I'm not even going to walk into town. Y'all go get the supplies. I'm going to just sit on this well. And a woman comes to the well. And he says to this woman, she's from Samaria. Hey, would you mind to get me something to drink from this well? Well, this is surprising to her because that's not the way Jews and Samaritans interact. So she kind of gives him a little side eye and says, hey, what do you mean? Why would you a Jew, asked me, and you're a man, and I'm a woman, and you're a Jew, and I'm a smear. like, why would you ask me to give you a drink? And he says something interesting. He said, well, if you knew who I was, you would actually ask me for a drink. <laughs> and then she notices that he doesn't have a bucket to draw water with. And so now she's putting it together. Oh, like, you want me to draw water, and then you want to drink out of my bucket? Like, that's really, that's a lot. You're, like, going to drink out of my container and all of this other stuff? right? And she says, well, you don't even have a bucket. How could you get water from me? Like you're, you're a confusing person. You're doing all this weird stuff. And Jesus says, well, if I gave you water from this well, you would be thirsty again. But the water that I'm talking about is a kind of water that once you drink it, you will never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. You will be full and then he spends time saying look I my spirit the spirit of the living God is going to be available to every single one of you Jew Samaritan Greek Gentile male female everybody everybody is going to be able to receive the spirit that I'm going to be pouring out and she's so blown away she's getting excited about this because he's saying something to her that is really really exciting And we find out why it's so exciting. Because then he says, why don't you go grab your husband, bring him, and I'll tell him about this too. And she goes, oh, 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 I'm sorry, but I'm not married. And he says, no, I know you're not married. Why do I know that? Because you've already been married five times and the man you're living with now is not your husband. Okay, that kind of set her back on her heels for a minute. Right? How did he know this? But what he was saying to her is, you've been trying to fill your life with stuff. I know you have. But it isn't working. It's not filling you the way that I can fill you. You've got you've had five you've been through five husbands, drawn to six, and you're fill, you know you're filling your life with stuff that will not fill you. You've got this bucket going, and you just keep pouring in, and it just keeps pouring out, and you're empty. He says, "I I have something that I want you to drink, after which you will never thirst again." And it's really interesting how the story ends. She's she's. She's going to run to town to tell her boyfriend and all of the other people about what's happening. And there's a little detail the scripture writer leaves in. She left her bucket at the well. She got so excited, she forgot to pick up her bucket and run to town. She just left the bucket sitting there at the well. Here's what the Lord is saying to somebody today Leave your bucket. This well, this bucket that you've tried to use to fill yourself up, just leave that behind. You don't need this anymore. You don't need this bucket. You don't need the well that you've tried to build to fill your life. I want you to experience this. The spirit of the living God. Your heart open to the power of the Holy Spirit pouring into you, filling you up, and not only filling you, but overflowing you so that you become a source of nourishment for somebody else. Somebody needs to be filled today. A lot of people need to be filled today. We all need to be filled with the Spirit of God. So here's how I want to end this sermon. I, I want to do something i, I, I I don't know if I've ever done. I'm going to pray and I'm going to invite you to pray the words that I pray. So I'm going to say some words and then you say some words. And then I'm going to say some words and then you say some words. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you through a prayer that invites the Holy Spirit to fill your heart, to fill your life, to, to teach you, to show you that you don't need this bucket anymore. This isn't gonna, this ain't gonna help you. Jeremiah says, two sins. You've neglected the real well and you've like built your own. We wanna get rid of our own well and we wanna go back to the well that brings us true life. True life. Real life. All right, I'm gonna pray and I'm just gonna ask you to repeat after me, okay? Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we open our hearts to you. We have neglected to fill our hearts with your spirit. We have built our own wells. We have tried to fill our lives with things that cannot fill us. We want to leave our bucket behind we ask that you would forgive us we ask that you would cleanse us we ask that you would fill us by the power of your Holy Spirit let us be filled with your Spirit let us overflow with your Spirit let us pour out your Spirit on others Let us bring healing and hope to our land. By the power of your word. By the power of your person. And by the power of your spirit. And in all of these things. May you be praised. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Amen, everybody. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to invite you as we close out the service to respond in a few different ways. The first way is however you feel compelled to respond. Um, If you go on that QR code and you say, man, I, I, I want to learn more about God. I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to I want to make a first-time commitment and say, I'm going to follow Jesus or renew my life. Uh, I want to get baptized. I want to, whatever it is, you can do that on that QR code and let us know. Um, Another way to respond is through your generosity, through your giving. If you're a guest or a visitor, please don't feel any obligation whatsoever to give. This is something that we do out of the abundance of what God has given us. It's an act of worship that followers of Jesus do. and We say, I've been filled. I've been blessed. I want it to pour back out. Uh, to advance the mission of Jesus and to serve other people and to help those in need so if that's you you can join us in giving you can do that on the on the code another way is through prayer and especially if you have made a decision or a commitment today to follow Jesus we have a prayer team in that side auditorium and that prayer team is awesome and they will pray with you they'll take you by the hand and they'll just pray with you um, and 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 they'll they'll encourage you Uh, in your walk as you are filling your tank up with the spirit of God. Um, We also have communion in that side auditorium. If you need to take some time to just reflect on Jesus and on the work that he's done and the work that he's doing in your life, you can do that in the side auditorium on the way out. As we close, would you all stand with me for a moment? Stand with our team. I don't want you to be in a rush today. You can just linger. If you want to hang out and linger in here, you can linger in here. We don't have to go anywhere today. We don't have a second service and there's no, there's no matinee. Amen, somebody. Amen. Um, if you want coffee, there's fresh brewed coffee out there. Uh, if you're gluten-free, there's some gluten-free snicky snacks out there for you, right? We just want you to feel at home. We want you to to enjoy the fellowship of other believers. We want you to be filled with the Spirit. Thank you for coming.